Jean? Mr. Shallot? Wake up. You're on in 10 minutes. Uh, where am I? Who are you? I'm Brian, your assistant. Oh, God, it reeks in here. Are you okay? You may be Brian, but I'd be lying if I told you that I had any memory of the last three days. Oh, God, Mr. Shallot. Have you been partying with the Brat Packers again? St. Elmo's fire is what was coming out of both ends after a night on the town with those kids. God, let's get you cleaned up. Back to the future? More like back to the toilet. Are you feeling sick again? Hand me that bucket, would you? Clint Eastwood isn't the only pale rider around these parts. Gene, you have three movies to review this morning, and Bryant Gumbel says he won't stall for you again. That son of a bitch. Everyone knows Jane Pauley makes his decisions around here. Okay, what am I reviewing? Weird Science, Fright Night, and Follow That Bird. What the what now? They're movies that you're supposed to talk about in two minutes. Don't worry, don't worry, I got this. Uh, weird science? More like sheer contrivance. The one science this movie doesn't have is chemistry. But I sure do love studying Kelly's biology. Just call me a real LeBrock sucker. So you didn't like it? I did not see it. Is it good? Oh, Gene. Fright Night? More like Fright Right. The special effects are quite a sight, and Chris Sarandon's bite is a true delight. This is a review I did not write. It may sound trite or too polite, but do not fight the bright white light and accept my invite to Fright Night. Wow. So, you really... Again, I did not see it. So, how can you... Follow that bird? More like swallow that turd, which is what the filmmakers... Which is what the filmmakers are asking you to do when they suggest that an eight-foot bird can speak English and travel cross-country. Fuck you, Hollywood bigwigs, and your steaming piles of offensive bullshit. Why did the chicken cross the road? So he could follow that bird and peck its lying fucking eyes out. Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street so I can burn it to the fucking ground and piss on its ashes, etc., etc.? Okay, I'm ready. Gee, Jesus Christ. What the hell was that about? Don't worry, don't worry. I did not see it. But I'm taking my nephew on Saturday. Okay, ready to roll? You're not even in the studio yet. If your name is Kevin, or your bread's unleavened, and you thought episode 7 was absolute heaven, your engine will be revving for episode 11 of Opening Weekend, the movie podcast that travels back in time to revisit opening weekends of the past and revel in that other great American pastime, going to the movies with our friends. Bravo! Oh my god. Bravo! <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. It's good stuff. Oh my god. Uh, okay. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Rated R. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisse. And this week we travel back in time to August 2nd, 1985. Oxymoronic titles like Back to the Future and First Blood Part 2 were ruling the box office, but The Goonies were also good enough, and Pee Wee's Adventure was pretty big, and most of America was more than happy to wrap itself up in Wilford Brimley's warm, velvety cocoon. But Fred and Dan... Where were you guys in August of 1985? Oh, boy. I was ready to become a man. Oh. I had just turned 13. 
on July 31st, and wow. I was preparing for my bar mitzvah. In, wow. I believe that was in September or October. It was right when I was going into eighth grade. So it was right, uh, right in the beginning. I want to say the beginning of October. And yeah, so I was, I was gearing up. I was studying my Haftorah. I was going to the VBC, of course, as we know. <laughs> Oh, that guy needs for, to relax. You need after, a good schwitz before you're half cold. Oh, God. After a day of studying Hebrew with Cantor Blum, now you got to take <laughs> off your shirt. Just relax by the pool. I think I had my first girlfriend that summer, <gasps> Jenny Vaccaro. You dated yeah. a paisana? I de- yeah. Well, oh date is God. a very... Oh. Yeah, no, that's that's a loose term. So if I remember correctly, at the on the very last day of school in seventh grade, I found out someone said, "Hey, Jenny likes you." <gasps> so I didn't I didn't know what that meant. <clears throat> I wasn't. No one ever taught me what to do with girls or how to ask people out or like what it meant mm-hmm. to be in a relationship. <laughs> so someone was like, "Oh, you should ask her out." I was like, "I don't know what that means, but okay." So I did. I asked her out. I remember it was the very last day. As I was walking home, I was like, "Would you go out with me?" She's like, "Yeah." And so wow. I was like, oh, I guess we're girlfriend and boyfriend, boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, did you take her to a movie? No, I don't think we did anything the entire summer. <laughs> like I would see her every now and then. We'd talk on the what phone. What a boyfriend. And, yeah. And then I was shocked was- in September when she wanted to dump me. I was like, <laughs> I don't understand. But I just, I didn't know any better. I mean, I was very nice to her when I saw her, but I didn't realize you that like, you're oh, supposed you to do to- anything with I had, her or for I had her. no clue. <laughs> I, I invited her to the, to my bar mitzvah. Did she show up? She showed up. She wore a lovely, I saw I have pictures of it. She wore a lovely white silk dress and um or it was like a pantsuit um i don't know my my bar mitzvah was themed it was rock and freddie b so all the tables were uh they're named after bands i don't know what oh cool let me guess rush was a table acdc was a table judas priest was a table iron maiden no iron maiden wasn't i wasn't into metal at that point that was a little later oh okay true uh, metal yeah 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 yeah. so so no black uh, sabbath that wasn't no not yet no you can't have black sabbath at a bar mitzvah why not i don't (laughs) get it <laughs> so wait, so that was the only, so she you never went on a physical like an actual date with her. I Did don't you ever know. kiss the girl? No, 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 not at all. No, I don't think I didn't have my first kiss until uh, later eighth grade. That was with Nina Guinera. Oh, and then I got in trouble because at the end of the summer. I bought Jenny Vaccaro a necklace, like a cheap, because the VBC was was right off of the Americana shopping mall. And so I went there and I think I bought her like a cheap necklace somewhere that I thought was really nice. And I presented it to her. It was on the tennis courts of the Village Bath Club. And then wow. when we broke up, she gave it back to me. And then later that year, after I'd become a man, after I was bar mitzvah and I started to quote unquote date Nina, who mm-hmm. we spoke about a couple episodes ago, I gave her that necklace. And but she became friends with Jenny. Oh, and yeah. So oh, then when Nina broke up, with me, she was like, "And you could take your secondhand necklace back." But that was years. I mean, you dated her all through high school. Wow. Then. No, no, no. We dated in. I was in eighth grade. She was seventh grade. We had a, our torrid junior high school affair then, and then we broke up, and then we were friends, and then we got back together. Oh, okay. When I was a senior and she was a junior, you just <laughs> kept giving this same necklace from girlfriend to girlfriend. Yeah, and in fact, I gave that to to my wife. Okay, to say no. no. Yeah, on our wedding. No. I just keep using it. It works. It works. Uh, yeah, why Chad, not? Chad why buy a new me? one? No, no. What about you guys? What were you doing? This <laughs> would have been the very fateful summer between grade school and middle school for me. Mm-hmm. Right? We're in mm-hmm. 85. Yep. 85. Yep. Yeah. Summer of 85. 
you know, this was the transitional summer between happy go lucky mm-hmm. <laughs> hair out to here, grade school Dan with the glasses and the freckles in the face into absolute abject horror <laughs> and humiliation and um, just awfulness day after day after day of awful torture. Like the kids in, uh, in, um, that show. Weird science. Like, weird no, science. no, no. Like, yes, oh, like, weird, yes exactly yeah. like Weird Science. Oh, yeah, yeah. We or were Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. We were pick. at the right age for these movies that we're going to talk oh, about. Oh, for sure. I was like, yeah. yeah, I get these, I get what these two are going through mm-hmm. right now. But you were, uh, but this was, was still, hard. but August was still for you was, um, you, this was still ignorance is bliss or were you afraid of going into middle school or did you just think um, it was going to be fine? And then September rolled around and you had a hard I time. I certainly didn't know that it was going to be as bad as it was. That's for <laughs> sure. Like who knew, like who could have predicted? I don't think yeah. anyone could have predicted. because the thing, the other thing they do in middle school, I don't know if they did this in your middle schools. It becomes a fucking caste system. Like you, like, like we kind of, we talk about like, it's like suddenly there are stratifications yeah. to the school society. Whereas in yep. grade school, who cares? You know what I mean? You're yeah. all, you know, there, there's, there's in grade school, there's basically like the reading groups. You know what I mean? You have, <laughs> yeah. you, you have the three, you have the people who are reading stone soup and the people who are reading <laughs> Ramona Quimby stone and soup. the people who are reading, you know, <laughs> tales of fourth grade, nothing. Encyclopedia you know, they, Brown. They, oh. Yeah, exactly. You're reading Encyclopedia Brown. You get to seventh grade and it's like, okay, now you're in teams and this team is going to go over here and this team is going to go over here and um, they're in direct competition with each other and uh, they kind of hate each other and you don't have the same teachers because that's a whole thing. I don't know if you guys' school was stratified in that way, but then there's also sort of the class system within the school of like the jocks, the nerds, the dirtbags, well, the burnouts, the this, right. the that. Oh, yeah. That's you know, the, true. The, and the that- guidos, that became a thing. The who's going to be a guido? Yep. And some of my friends, this is the hard thing. Some of my friends, like my best friend, Nick was on team A. So we, I never saw him ever. Oh man. He was my buddy, my best friend, sort of my rock throughout grade school. And it was like, bye. (laughs) And I was like, where, where the hell, where's my friend? Now when you went into, when you went into middle school, was it a bunch of, cause like for me, it was two different elementary schools all funneling into this middle school. Was that the same for you? Oh, many different elementary schools. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. on top the of other all thing. that, you have all and these all the strangers. You know what yeah. I mean? All you have your own your own <laughs> sixth graders that you went to sixth grade with, and then a shit ton of strangers. One thing that was cool was my uncle was one of the gym teachers, so he was kind of looking out for me a little oh, bit. There you go. Um, but it was, uh, yeah. This was this was th- this was the last summer of like exactly ignorance is bliss before yeah. the uh, before the Inquisition, really. I had started seventh grade. I remember being a really hard year for me, but eighth grade was better. And I was looking forward to high school. I actually uh-huh. was looking forward to it. And then I had a great time somehow all throughout high school. I, I kind of found my, my groove and my people. And that's when I found theater was in high school. Didn't have that in junior high, but I still, I felt like I was kind of getting on top, like figuring out who, you know, what I am and like, this is what I like and this is what I do and it's okay. And there are some people who I can enough people I can connect with on that front that makes it all right. But the summer of 85, again, like I, you know, I made that joke a couple episodes ago. It wasn't a joke. I was drawing another comic book and like, spent the summer making this comic book at my grandmother's house. Another, another uh, mad magazine kind of thing with like, it was all like parodies of everything it was like i did i it was like i drew an actual mad magazine cover to cover and i did i wrote these parodies of view to a kill and rambo and brewster's millions <laughs> and uh <laughs> god 
and perfect. That, do you remember there was a John Travolta? Of course, yeah. Jamie, yeah. Yeah, Jamie and, Lee Curtis and, and a robotizing movie. I did all that, but oh it was like totally God. like a Mad Magazine. It was, but it was all wall-to-wall movie parodies, just movie Do you parodies. still have them, please? Oh, yeah, I have them here. We got a screenshot of those. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah, we'll God. Find we got to take pictures of those. But um, now, was, did and, you... Did you um, suffer any sort of indignities, things that are like seared into your into your brain? I was doing a little. It was kind of like my first play or whatever. It wasn't like a a school play, but it was going to be done in an assembly or whatever. And we had rehearsal for it after school one day. And I was walking backstage, and it was very tight backstage. And and there were lots of curtains. We didn't know, you know, it was there just wasn't a lot of room, and there were like instruments and music stands and pianos and other things back there and also a lot of drapes and curtains and i must have slipped and tripped on something and i hit my head into the side of the piano and i gashed oh god my uh, my eyebrow i still have a scar it's it's this eye. i have a scar you can see it sometimes in my that's eyebrow. where that comes from yeah that was i like hit the side of the piano and my face was just pouring blood and i went to the oh bathroom and I, I you know and i was like oh it's pretty bad and like washing it off and people getting ice for me and then i'm waiting outside for my mother and i did have to go to the hospital and get stitches for that but it was so <laughs> so weird because right so it happens and it's weird and embarrassing and just a freak accident and i'm sitting outside with my friend <laughs> and we sit, he's sitting waiting for my mom to come pick me up the nurse lets me go outside i've got ice on my face and and a bus is coming through and it's like one of the school sports teams like on their way to like a game you oh, know no. and they're oh, like no. whoa 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 and they roll down the window and they they like jump through the windows of the bus they're like oh my god what happened they thought i got into a fight or something <gasps> cool happened to me they were like whoa what happened to o'connell you all right and my friend just calls out to them in all sincerity says he tripped and fell into a piano <laughs> And and all you hear is like it's like out of Charlie Brown. You just hear ah, just like the laughter as the bus pulls out of the parking lot and down oh, the road, God. just them laughing at me. And I'm like, you son of a bitch! Why did you have to say he tripped and fell into a piano? Did this make its way to the Long Island schools? <clears throat> biffing. Do you know what a Wait, biff yeah, is? Wait, yeah, that sounds really familiar. That sounds really familiar. A biff. This was very popular in my school, and I had it done to me many times. Is when a kid would lick their hand. And then whack you on the forehead. Oh, <laughs> so no. they go, oh, like that and nail you on the forehead with <laughs> a never wet, to me. wet saliva palm. Did and they go, have anything? Boom, and nail you on the forehead. If it, if it, it didn't happen to me as far as I can remember, unless I blocked it out, <laughs> unless, unless the memories of my many, uh, nerdly injuries, you know, shoved it out of my. And there was the cortex. redneck, which was like lick your palm and whack somebody on the back of the, the neck. Back of the neck. Which is, I, I think, why we all yeah. started growing mullets. So right. that was <laughs> and then there was the, the wedgie, which we see in, in weird science. We see, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. we see the wedgie. No, we had an, and I remember in sixth grade, people would just go around. I don't know where it came from. They'd just go, jump to the esophagus. And they would just literally like, hit you in the throat. I think we should bring chop to the esophagus back. Let's bring that back. It was the craziest thing. You'd just be walking down the hall and you'd hear jump to the esophagus. And next thing you know, someone's jabbing their fingers into your esophagus. <laughs> now what, how are kids not going to the hospital for that? And I'm falling into pianos <laughs> for self-inflicted nonsense. Uh, oh, we roamed to <laughs> the streets like, like, like feral. We were feral. We really were. We were feral children. Just hopping you know, on, our, just, on our bikes, our mongoose. We'd play manhunt like city, like, you know, the the entire suburb of Vizland, New Jersey was the playground. And we, and we go, go to play manhunt. And our parents knew, all right, we'd see you in four hours. We did that. That's so and you funny. You could be you anywhere that. in the town. There, there's no <laughs> tracking you. There's no way to we know where that. you would be. 
our version of Manhunt was jail. And we played that in the entire, <laughs> we would play that from the VBC. We played in the entire Americana shopping mall. You can go anywhere. That's fun. And yeah, you'd have to, I don't know. What are the rules of Manhunt? Are, they, are Manhunt and jail the same? Manhunt, jail you can, was you can like literally tech. hide anywhere. You're not supposed to hide in people's backyards, but you, we did, you know, but you, you're supposed to hide anywhere on the streets. So behind cars, behind bushes, right. on people's front lawns were fair game, but you weren't supposed to like go into back backyards or into private property or anything See, like we, that. We started to expand it in the beginning. It was just in a certain area. And then we're like, well, let's do it in the entire Americana. And then it could be inside like Swenson. So we would be chasing each other, you know, through. <laughs> record world and sliding across the floor and it was nuts and then you gotta you know jail jail one to three one to three caught that's what you had to say when you grabbed yes, it we had to say yeah. manhunt one to three manhunt one to three manhunt one to three caught yeah oh my god yeah. look at that yeah see oh, that made it that made I it over reach through this screen and jail jail one two three caught you dad oh like that's very sweet oh my god yeah we I had would. to say help I've fallen into a piano <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Did we learn nothing from Sesame Street? Oh, Did we learn oh, nothing? I, you know, it stays in there for a couple of years, and you think you're a good person, and then it all Gone. falls to shit as yep. soon as somebody invites you to a manhunt. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the man. You go to the manhunt at the village bath club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm you, on into my jail. Are you man enough to go to the manhunt? <laughs> are you man enough to follow that bird? <laughs> if you know yes. what I'm saying. <laughs> now that's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about it, shall we? All oh, right. Let's, let's start. It. Let's start the week off with Sesame Street presents Follow That Bird. <laughs> Big Bird, played by Carol Spinney, loves spending his days on Sesame Street with all his different friends. However, the Feathered Friends Society, led by Miss Finch, played by Sally Kellerman, feels that Big Bird should live in an environment with, quote-unquote, his own kind. When she sends him to live with a family of dodos in Illinois, Big Bird cannot help but think of his friends back on Sesame Street and begins an adventurous journey back to where he truly belongs. Following hot on the heels of the first three Muppet movies, Follow That Bird was the first film to feature the beloved children's television workshop stars in significant roles. Follow That Bird was not a Muppet-sized hit, however, earning only $2.4 million on its opening weekend en route to a total box office haul of $13.9 million. But Fred and Dan, what did you think of Follow That Bird? I just want to point out, listening to you describe the movie, I'm like, what a weird week this is we have like so this bizarre. crazy sex very... comedy <laughs> it's all a vampire weird. movie it's all weird and fucking follow that bird yeah it's so strange only in uh, the 80s you know what i it, it was a cute movie it was um i i it, i mean who doesn't adorable love sesame it's street. adorable i say it was adorable <laughs> it was a sesame street movie it was for kids they do a good job. It's sweet. It's kind-hearted. I mean, I I have a an appreciation for Sesame Street. Look, we we all grew up on Sesame Street. You, yeah, like, you got to be an alien if you didn't. Everyone watched it. At oh, some absolutely. Point and you know, um, and then I got a chance to re to to rewatch it and and go through it again with my kids, and I really fell in love with it again, and really saw the genius of the show from an adult perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was a cute movie. You know, the, the weird thing for me was. I kept expecting it to be more like a Muppet movie. And yeah. I had to remember, I mean, yes, they are 
they're all Muppets are in that world, yeah. but there's a certain type of chaos and anarchy that yep. comes along with the Muppet movie, mm-hmm. which this has little tiny yeah. the, the Grouch Diner scene is the only yes, scene that feels like And that like was my favorite scene. Yeah. Muppet movie. Yeah, that, it feels a little we, like the Gremlins bar scene too. It just is yes. madness. Hey, look at this real Grouch Dining. Meatloaf with marshmallow sauce. Candied clams with French dressing. French dressing. Cream of garlic soup with maraschino cherries. There's nothing here I could eat. I'll have the tossed salad. Hey, better make that two. Two tossed salads! Number two. Coming right up. (laughs) (laughs) Salad for everybody! It was chaos and I loved it. It was the, it was the first time in the movie. I mean, I, I was smiling the whole time, but that was when with the toss salad, like I actually yeah. guffawed. I, I thought yeah. that was really funny. It's totally funny. Yeah. But I kept having to remind myself that I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This, this isn't a Muppet movie. This is geared for younger kids. But I enjoyed it. I, I mean, look, I'm going to get, we might get phone calls about this. I was never a Big Bird fan. Never my favorite. Never oh, did it was it never my favorite either. It's interesting that you say that. And, and, um, you know, I, but his presence on Sesame street, mm-hmm. I think is a signature presence. You know what I mean? Oh, when you think of He's Sesame like street, anchor. he really yeah. kind of is. And it's yeah. weird to, to think back and, and even consider a Sesame street without big bird. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now I guess Elmo's kind of the anchor or has Elmo been became for a while. Anchor. He became yeah. it. But at, sure. yeah, during our time, you know, it was really, it was really, um, Big Bird. I, I have a lot of the same thoughts as you did, Fred. I don't think that uh, I, I think I think the movie kept trying to be a Muppet movie. You know what I mean? I, I think mm-hmm. with what Joe Flaherty and Dave Thomas are trying to have the yes. cast of SCTV is in this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they that's a little bit of a flavor of Muppet movie kind of vibe, you know, but and I, I at the in the first 10, 15 minutes of this thing, I cried three times. I was really? like, oh, see, I, I didn't was, like the beginning of it. Oh, you're kidding. That's I liked, the part I liked by far the most. As soon as they start like getting on the road and it becomes a musical, the music <laughs> is so bad in this. It's not great music. It's so no. fucking bad. And every time a song starts, I go, oh no, the magic. Yeah. You're taking away the magic by this terrible songs. I re- I, I thought it kind of oh, sucked think after so. that. I don't think so. I, I think it's made, I think it's really made for little, little children. It's, yeah. it's not, even though it feels like, oh, it's Sesame Street characters, it's Muppets. They're funny. You know, the actors who operate these things are incredible talents they're great actors and the sesame street characters are amazing characters but they're not the the reason the muppet show other than kermit the frog the reason there was no crossover is because they were you know it was a different kind of tone it was more adult more chaotic more just funnier sharper more brazen irreverent this is i mean sesame street is a kinder gentler world and Big Bird is the paragon of kindness. You know what? what? I like you, Mr. Rogers. I like you too, Big Bird. Oh. My wife was a very, very little girl when this came out, and she remembers seeing it with her brothers, and she was like, she was like, oh my God, I haven't seen this since I was a little kid. And then she was like sitting there watching part of it with me, and she was being moved by it even during the songs and stuff. So yeah, I agree with you. I didn't think the songs were great songs, but I'm mm-hmm. also looking at it through like, yeah, I mean... For little children, this might be very, you know, fulfilling, satisfying entertainment. And I found a lot of it 
funny. And uh, oh, I yeah. actually felt like the scene where they were trying to break him out. I thought I was like, there's some actual tension here trying to break yeah, him out of that cage scene. and not wake the two. You know, you I know, thought it was fun to see the cast of Sesame Street, the, the actual that adults. Was that was out, wonderful. Get yes. off the street. I was like, yeah. they must be so kind yeah. of like, we're in a movie. We're like out on yeah. a farm. We're out on I the road. I'm on Maria. location. Maria is terrific. Mar- Who knew Maria. she was that? Yeah, she's Gordon. And she's beautiful. I was like, I never, I was like, I was like, God, she's such a beautiful woman. And she was so good in it. And you know what I like? Olivia can sing. Yeah, yeah. actually, they were all great. And you know what I like too? What I always, what I always appreciate, appreciated about Sesame Street, and what I like that they did this with the movie too, is they always used non-actor children. You know, it was like so great. They were so cute, which I love. It there's no, there's no one like really precocious, or you're like, okay, you can tell that kid went to like French Woods or some like you know summer theater camp. These are just kids. I don't know where they get them. But they do that on the show too. There's no they Macaulay just, Culkins in there. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. no. There's none of that. It's just, it's just regular kids, and it celebrates diversity. Yes. Um, I mean, it, it's. I mean, in that sense, it, it was beautiful. It was. It was. It was I mean, it's lovely. Like, it really and Sesame Street always celebrated diversity, right? Oh, yeah. As you see, because it's like it's like, oh wow, that's a more diverse cast of characters than, <laughs> than anything else. Than, anything that's on 1971 or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and that's the message, uh, and that's the winds up being of the, the message movies. of the movie. Yeah, which is yeah. really beautiful. Is that that's really the strength of this place? Is look how different we all are. But he's a bird. He'd be happier with his own kind. Well, we're all happy here on. Sesame Street, yeah. Yeah. and we've got all kinds. I'm not saying the songs were ruinous to the movie, but it started so strong for me with Big Bird take being taken away from his nest, Snuffleupagus and Big Bird having to say goodbye. I was in tears during that. Everyone saying goodbye, everyone waving Snuffy goodbye. Snuffy freaked and he, me out. And they're like, movie. "Don't look!" And the, and the lady is saying, "Don't yes. look back!" And then he looks back. Oh, I was in oh, tears. Was I was in tears. You didn't like any of that, Fred? You you have no heart. Oh, you I know. You have I no heart it. and beating in your chest. <laughs> no, you know what? That part, I, that part I liked. I didn't, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. I didn't like when Big Bird went to the family, to the dodos. That sucked. Yeah, that was that, not, I was like, oh no, funny. is this the whole movie? Because this is bad. Hey, even I had like the, the same the thought. I was like, were bad too. I was yeah. like, this is stupid. Like, and oh, the funny, Oceanside, Illinois. That made me laugh. And the funny, the funny thing is, I was thinking, God, these people are, these puppets are annoying and they're bad. And the funny thing is, you get to a point where Big Bird is thinking, God, these people are annoying and yes. I'm getting out of here. Yes. And I was like, oh. He does all these like, his his eyelids kind of come to half mast yeah. and he looks at the camera and you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we feel take. you, Big Bird. He oh. does takes where he's like, he's like, sweet Jesus. Is this I one was like, thank God. Okay. So then when he left, I said, oh, because I was, I was about to turn the movie off. I'm like, I can't watch this. And then when he left, I'm like, oh, okay, here's where the movie really starts. Yeah. Then I started to enjoy it and I was gearing up for that like crazy Muppet uh, movie. Like, like road Muppet trip movie. Yeah, yeah. Moving right along yeah. and that yeah. kind of thing. Yep. Hey there, wanna lift? Oh, no thanks. I'm on my way to New York City to try to break into public television. Ah. Good luck. Moving right along with two leaf birds of a feather. We're in this together and we know where we're going. I want to recommend, if you haven't seen it, the documentary about Carol Spinney. Um, I have not to, seen that. It yeah. is really, really special. It's very heartwarming. This motherfucker, do you know how he does Big Bird? Like, do you know how he actually does it? I mean, I just assumed he gets in there. He's, He's inside, inside it, of it. Yeah. But he has a whole apparatus attached to himself that has a monitor on it that hangs off of his chest so he can see 
what's happening outside so he knows how to move Big Bird because he can't see in there. Mm-hmm. Wow. He trusts this monitor completely. His one hand is up here doing the beak, of course, and the other hand is going back and forth between doing one hand and sometimes he will take that his right hand out of the beak and do the other hand if Big Bird is not saying anything in that particular moment and then go back up to wow. the beak. Um, and, and it is it is an incredible feet physical feet what he's doing he's also oscar the grouch (laughs) yes that (laughs) Um, which is incredible and amazing i actually got to see this movie um about the life of carol spinney at um the new york documentary film festival i think it was or the Mm -hmm. indie i don't think it was the new york independent film festival i think it was the documentary film festival and i sat behind bob mcgrath who is bob um oh, and yeah. carol oh, yeah. spinney was there and walked out as big bird again tears whole place crying you know what i mean yeah. um and he and his uh, uh family were there and it was the premiere the new york premiere of that of that movie and it was re- and they did like a q a afterwards he was an amazing amazing uh uh individual and, and had a lot of ownership over that character and then you know of course had couldn't do it anymore as he aged and handed it over to another performer and that was uh that was quite a quite a big deal but i I highly recommend that because that's he's a he he was an amazing um an amazing individual and, and all and you know and a sweet sweetheart of a human being by all accounts this news just in concerning a six year old runaway the runaway is an eight foot yellow bird who answers to the name big bird did you say Big Bird? That's right, Big Bird. Oh, what? He left his nest in Ocean View, Illinois last night and is reportedly heading east for a place called Sesame Street. Sesame. Sesame. Sesame Street. Sorry. I would think for the first Sesame Street movie that you'd have people like who were big at the time, like Sylvester Stallone or, <laughs> you know, whoever it was or Anthony Michael Hall or, you know, that they well, would show it's also up. diminish, like, right? Like the Muppet movie was just star studded. Yeah. And then yeah, every great two Muppet caper was, was a little more contained, right? It was like they had big actors. Is that the one with they, Grodin? Is Grodin, 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 Grodin. Yeah. He's great. And, uh, uh, oh, who He's else so is great. in that? Um, Diana Rigg. Yes, Diana Rigg. And from what I remember, I haven't seen that in a long time, but it seems like that's not as cameo heavy. That's not as much. No, it isn't. The variety show popping in. It's more of a plot to the movie Mm -hmm. and like they are main characters in the movie. And then Muppets Take Manhattan is another Muppet movie style free for all of like a million cameos. And that was just, you know, a year before this, maybe less than a year before this. Mm. And so you almost wondered if if the well is run dry a little bit, just in terms of like, (laughs) like saying like, okay, I think by the time Muppets Take Manhattan came out, they were like, all right, I think this is enough of Muppet movies for a while. And then right away, they're like, but but Sesame Street's a thing. You know, it's like, oh, yes. Even with the musical guests, you're like, Waylon Jennings. I mean, nothing against Waylon Jennings. I'll tell you, I had to look up who it was at first. I was like, I was like, this guy, this turkey <laughs> farmer guy, like, seems very threatening. He seems I was like, He doesn't he seem like he belongs famous. in it. No, no. He, I was like, he just seems like a real, like, n- gritty, like is, nasty. Is Big Bird going to be okay? I was, yeah, I was like, I was like, what's going to happen? I would get in that truck, dude. I would not. 
<laughs> um, least favorite Muppets. Mine, Grover. Can't stand him. Oh, Annoys no. the living piss out really? of me. That's Kate's oh. favorite. When, oh. especially Grover. when he's God, super he's Grover, super that's Grover. his favorite. Super Grover's the best. Whenever he's on screen, favorite. I just, I'm, I'm like, is there no, a, fa- where can I, I get to the fast Grover. forward button? No. I like, had- uh, I'm a Bert and Ernie guy. I go back to Those Bert are my favorite. Bert and Ernie Are they great. really? Always. They were always my favorite. They're the odd couple, right? They're, they're, they're the gay couple. They are. They are. They're so clearly, even in this, I was like, this is oh, right so at the end. That's right. Clearly, yeah. even when they're first like sitting there watching TV in their house and stuff, I'm like, it's so funny how this was. Ju- it was so mainstream and acceptable yeah. and understood. But it's like you telling me that that wasn't it, with <laughs> no. With it always the, was with all the diversity yeah, and inclusivity was, on yeah. Sesame Street. You're telling me that wasn't like saying like sometimes. Men boys live, live with boys and, yeah. and girls live with girls and have very, you know, relationships that are very much like a, a, your, your mom and dad might have kids. But I, as a kid, it never registered that way, you know, and, but, but it They're seems very friends. clear that that's what they were. Yeah. But it seems, yeah. it seems very clear now that that was certainly something that was, that being was like Jerry in Dandridge and his, uh, and his living zombie oh. boyfriend in Fright Night. Yeah. Well, yes, they were like, yes. they were the undead Bert and Ernie. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That is really that is a great observation, <laughs> it's a, and a great segue. And let's let's go. move let's move let's move forward. Um, I figured I thought, the, I thought I figured the count good, would have gotten us into this. That was a good one. Well, maybe we can edit that around. No, we can no, move no, it around. No, I think that's. I think your observation about whatever the hell was going on with those two guys is as good. An observation I just want to say, I also love Barkley the giant dog. I'll just leave it there. I was hoping to rank <gasps> I, puppets. I was hoping oh, to rank third work. Okay. To, to, right. to rank Sesame Street well, characters. Well, no one wanted to go with me on that. It's fine. It's fine. I love Sesame Street more than you guys do. That's- no, you want to talk about puppets. I want to get to Kelly LeBrock. That's okay, the deal. Fine. fine. <laughs> Let's do it. Ernie and Bird are the best. Then Cookie Monster. Then. Agreed. Snuffle up again. Nah, Snuffy freaked me out on this one. I used to like Snuffy <laughs> as a kid. Why was Snuffle up because living on, like, why did he have like, he was living on like it was like where are you in he the lived Hamptons in a or something? Somewhere. He was like, <laughs> well, he like, was an imaginary friend. He's yeah, out but of that was, that was that was always the conceit. I yeah, know. No one else ever but saw they were him, talking right? about yeah. I'm leaving Sesame Street, and but they were, but it was like Big Bird hadn't left Sesame Street yet. But he was. It was like, oh, I'll come yeah. see you in Westchester, Snuffy, <laughs> and we'll talk about the fact that I'm moving out of the city. Are you moving up here, Bird? No, no. I can't afford anything up here <laughs> because the schools are better up here. <laughs> You get a lot more space, a lot more bang for your buck. I always said I'd never leave, but. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about Fright Night. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. Teenager Charlie Brewster, played by William Ragsdale, is an avowed horror film junkie. So it's no surprise when, after a reclusive new neighbor named Jerry Dandridge, played by Chris Sarandon, moves in next door exhibiting some suspicious nocturnal behavior, Brewster becomes convinced he is a vampire. It's also no surprise when nobody believes him, including his girlfriend Amy, played by Married with Children's Amanda Bierce. 
Charlie has no choice but to turn to the only person who he believes could possibly help. Washed-up television vampire killer Peter Vincent, played by Roddy McDowell. Tom Holland, the writer of 80s horror fare like Psycho 2, wrote the script and was given the green light to make his directing debut with Fright Night, which went on to make over $6 million over its opening weekend and nearly $25 million when all was said and done. The film spawned a 1988 sequel and a 2011 remake starring Colin Farrell, David Tennant, and the late Anton Yelchin as Charlie. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think? Of Fright Night. I watched it for the first time today. I had never seen it. And I really really enjoyed it. I was so pleasantly surprised. Right when it started off, I was like, oh, I think I'm really going to like this. I like where this is headed. I like where it's going. That first shot is great, right? Yeah. And you think like, oh, is this going to be a very melodramatic? Oh, no, they're watching it on TV. Oh, this is a whole different thing than Mm -hmm. what they're making. You know, so it's, it's, it's one of these great movies that comments on the thing that it is while fully being the thing that it is like mm-hmm. hot fuzz or um you know um what's the zombie one Shaun, good, of, the Shaun of the dead you know the, the those movies are what they are while commenting on what they are and this is this was a great fun ride for me i really had a lot of fun i did not expect it to get to go to like the thing territory as far as the <laughs> gore and the transformation and the and the gloppy gooey mess so of things <gasps> that's happy stu- it did yeah, I mm-hmm. was very happy it did, but I was like, that's not what I was expecting out of this movie. I had a, I had a great time. Um, the, uh, uh, did the kid ever do anything else? Ragsdale? I thought he was yeah, fine. I thought he, he did fine. I thought he was, I thought much. he was on a par with Zach Gallagan. He I looks he like Zach Gallagan. <laughs> I, I wrote that down a million times. Like, he's yes, very Zach Gallagan-esque. He yeah, looks like kind him, of has the same hairstyle, is wearing like literally the same costume, the, the sweater with <laughs> yeah. the, the, the blazer like him, over you know? it. I uh, like his character better likeable. than Zach Galligan. I like that he's sort of whiny oh, and horny. And yeah, he says Amy a lot. Even my wife, who was just listening periphery, is like, can he stop saying Amy, please? He says uh, yeah, Amy I did not. I did not like him He's very a stage much actor. And- he was, um, oh. well, he did. He ended up doing that television show, Herman's Head. Yes, Ooh. that's he right. That, but, um, okay. he that's the only like, thing I could find. I was he like, was what a Broderick guy, too. Like, he took over from Matthew Broderick and- um, Oh. In uh, Brighton Beach memoirs on Broadway. Oh, okay, cool, um, cool. All yeah, right. but I don't know if he did. You didn't care from did Jason. No, I thought. I mean, he felt like you know, if you can water down Zach Callaghan, felt like it was watered down. Zach, <laughs> that's Gallagher. hard. You know, to it's do. like it's like it's also like you can't help but think of in context of when the thing was made. It's like in casting it. It's like it's the year after Gremlins. It felt very much like that. It was like that's the oh, kind yeah. of guy that. Oh, see, I that thought he was an edgier Zach Gallagher. I did. Zach Gallagher to me, it's like you said, like Zach Gallagher's character. It's a great character. But he's so vapid. Well, you know? but it's but it's also like it's the the movie is also gremlins is like this more kind of innocent uh, Nor- uh norman rockwell-esque thing and this sure. is a di- i don't know it, it, he didn't bother me he kind of was a little bit of a a cipher for me what's what's funny is he was whiny there's something about this i kept I like thinking that. during this movie because i did not i had not seen this movie until yesterday either day, oh. and i'd never seen yeah. it and the relationship between him and roddy mcdowell reminded me very much of a subplot from gremlins 2 where Zach Galligan befriends Robert Prosky and Robert Prosky is the, is the, is the horror show host, much mm-hmm. like Roddy McDowell's character. And they gotcha. befriend each other. And, uh, uh, and that obviously is after this. So I actually thought, I wonder if Joe Dante kind of saw, saw this movie and saw some, because this is a lot of like the Joe Dante S kind of like 
horror comedy kind of thing. I, I, I couldn't help but think, I wonder if that's an idea that somehow came from Fright Night. I'm trying to find out if there's a connection, if anybody will admit to any kind of a connection, because at the very end of Fright Night, they show Roddy McDowell has moved on to showing alien movies instead of uh, uh, vampire movies. Yes. And they show this quick snippet, like two <laughs> seconds of this thing with like octopus arms, yeah. like yes, hitting exactly. sanitation workers or something. That's what it is. And even the music, I was like, oh my God, I've seen that before. Because that exact shot, that exact length of shot is used in Gremlins 2 when the horror <gasps> oh, show host, cool. the vampire horror show host wow. in Gremlins 2 is showing oh a movie God. on TV. So it made me think, I wonder if that's like a weird homage. Because what are this. the odds yeah. that the exact two seconds of the exact sci-fi film is being used in both of these movies? Boy, is it scary. So that's just a little bit of trivia. As to the movie and whether I liked it, eh, not so much. (laughs) I liked it towards the end. I actually got very bored with it. I liked how it started. I just found it very obvious and predictable for so Mm. much. And I think, and I don't think it's the fault of the movie so much as when I'm seeing it and coming to it because vampire stuff now you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a vampire TV show, movie, sexy vampires, good-looking vampires, teenage vampires, everything. Mm-hmm. It's just so ubiquitous in pop mm-hmm. culture. At least it was, like, especially 10 years ago. It really was. Now it's kind of trailed off. But you feel like you've seen every – the final word on it has been spoken so many times yeah. and parodied and flipped on its head and on its ear and – that it just felt like to me, I was like, I've seen this all. I've seen this. So all. it feels now, granted, old, even though at the time yeah, it was it would granted. Have been new to I'm, I probably yeah it, it, for 1985, especially when the only thing and Roddy McDowell even has a line about it, saying like mm-hmm. it's all slasher stuff now. It's all like right. It's all like guys in hockey masks. Chop. That's all horror was, and that's all scary movies were when we were kids. For the most yeah. part, was that kind of thing, just chopping this up was, kids at a was, sleepaway camp. This, this was something is very different for the time. Yeah, I, I saw it when it came out. I saw it in the theaters. You did. Yeah, I saw it. Me and uh, my my friend Damon, who I've mentioned many times. Uh-huh. Was this a sneak was, in or did parents take you? I don't know. This might've been a sneak in nice. actually. I wasn't surprised by anything until the last 25 minutes of the movie. And then everything was kind of surprising to me. And that <laughs> I loved. I kind of loved the last 20 to 30 minutes of this movie that I thought were batshit crazy, including <laughs> a literal a crazy bat, but one, that one weird bat puppet that I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And I loved that kid who turned into a dog and then got impaled and that we oh, sat there and watched that fucking guy die for like, oh, what felt like 10 minutes. I God. loved that because I hated that kid from beginning to end. I wanted him to die. I no. wanted him. Oh, he was horrible. I wanted him to get decapitated. I wanted something to happen to him. Oh, we loved oh, I him. Hated him. We hated lo- him. You're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> he became a gay him. porn star. He, I can tell just <gasps> from yeah. watching his performance he here i can tell he did he went into gay porn well yeah uh, that's, that's where you recognized him from fred that's where i knew him. <laughs> yeah yeah no so i liked his death especially that was my favorite thing oh, the wait, long he was slow our, agonizing he was a, death he was our favorite when we were when we were younger in 85 oh you're so cool brewster <laughs> i can't stand it what do you remember no. from seeing in 85 I loved it. I, I, I love, we were so, it was so different then. And as I'd mentioned before, I was the star log guy. My buddy Damon was a Fangoria guy. Ah. So he was really excited about this. Um, and there was something cool about it. And I think 
because of what you were saying, Jason, and what Roddy McDowell says in the movie, it was it was a different type of horror movie, and this was a throwback yeah. to that old school, like the Hammer horror films of England, and and, and they I show Christopher horror. Lee in those exactly, films, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and obviously, and it was also like everyone grew up, you know, there there was always like the local TV shows, the TV hosts, like we all had those people, yes. like, Elvira like Elvira and all that yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah and exactly. I was. I yeah, exactly. And I was always a little scared of that stuff. It wasn't my thing. But what we also liked about the movie was and and th- watching it now, it's my one quibble. I think they could have gone further with this, but it's almost it's very much like Galaxy Quest is really a movie for the fans of Star mm-hmm. Trek. In the end, they're the heroes. It's all yep. about, you know, they make fun of the people who are like, you know, are obsessed with it. But in the end, they save the day because they love this show so much. Yes. They know so much about it. They save it. And that to me, that movie is like an homage to and a tribute to the fans. And that's what totally. this was to us. We're like, oh my God, this is a movie about a guy who likes horror movies and likes this genre and suddenly gets sucked into it. What's all this for? Self-defense. Not that I think I'll need it. I'll be dead before nightfall. Who will be? Dandridge. I'm waiting for the guy he lives with to leave and then I'm gonna go next door and find his coffin and pound this to his heart. That's murder, Charlie. You can't murder a vampire, Amy. They're dead. Remember? The fact that he had to go to Ed to be like, what do I do to kill a vampire? Yeah. To me, it would have been more interesting if he knew that already. Like, he was so into horror movies. Yeah, that oh, that's a very good s- point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, he yeah, should that, already know the rules of killing a vampire. Yeah, that that's could a have added good to point. It. That's the, but the that Justin Long s- character from Galaxy Yeah, exactly. Quest. Yeah, you're but right. But that being yes. said, when it came out at the time, it was just so different. And it really goes there at the end. I mean, it gets so gothic, you know, with Chris Sarandon in front of that. The, 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 the big, big stained glass, stained window, glass yeah. window. It's nuts. Um, and, you know, we were all into special effects at that time. And so yeah. that was, that was great. Um, but the effects we, I thought were great in this, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the back yeah, puppet time, was a little ridiculous, but it still worked. I thought I love that. I was. thought the back and, puppet and, was fun. And yeah. also you have to think about it, <laughs> it you know, for what it was back then, you know, back oh, then it was sure. the same. There was very similar to, um, to some of the effects in Ghostbusters. I remember this and, weird, and, like, kind yeah. of fire effects when, yes. like, sunlight yeah. hits them, and it feels yeah. like yeah. some of the stuff you see in Ghostbusters. Yeah, we, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And you know, something else about it, and again, I was never a horror guy, I was never a vampire guy, but what I love about I was thinking about this rewatching it, just the genre, because so much was coming back. I hadn't seen it in a, in a long time, mm. um, but it's one of those movies that me and my friends we always quoted. We were always like, Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. And there was so so many little lines from it. That Jason we, shaking his head. You hated that. I hated that kid, kid so fucking much. Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. Is he uh, in heaven? Help him. us, Fred. Is he in that movie? Heaven he was help in heaven. Us? Help us. I thought he you was. were just gonna say, "Is he in heaven?" And then I was like, "No, it's perfect. <laughs> no. Great, God." But what I was saying, no love lost. What's, what's He's not in about, hell. Well, thank God. No. What's great <laughs> about the vampire movie is, and it really hit me. There's that great shot when he first goes. He he. He gets the detective to go to the house and he meets sort of like the Renfield character, the, 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 uh, yeah, the Bert, he, the Bert to Jerry Dandridge's Ernie, the tall dude. <laughs> and they're like, get out of here. And they leave. And there's that great shot where he walks out and the music gets, and, and just the town is quiet. 
and it pans up and you see the dude just come out on the balcony and yeah. look at him. Yeah. And suddenly he knows. And what's great about this vampire genre is there's this sense of dread because there's a timeline. You know when that sun goes down, oh, yeah. that's when the shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah, and the as soon as he ticking, walks out yeah. and sees the guy looking at him, he's like, oh, fuck. We know yeah. it's coming. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know? Uh, and it is. It gives you that ticking clock of like, okay, you have this much time, you know, before um, you're doomed, really. I think a lot of genre films do that. They work that in. And I thought the performances were were pretty strong across the board. The Roddy times McDowell I got bored, and Chris Jason, Sarandon make it. They make it. They really yeah. do. Sarandon's better than McDowell, I think, by a pretty big leap. There, there, there's oh, I love McD him. McDowell, McDowell. kind of pissed me off every once in a while. But, really? but um, yeah, just every once in a while. And there are other times he's great. Back. Ah! I say back. But um, the, uh, the times I got bored were whenever the kid is having to explain to people and they don't believe them. That happens 37 it times in this movie. And yeah. it's like, oh, how many more times are we going to get? Because the mother, the cop, the Rodney McDowell yeah. character, then this then the cops again, then the McDowell character. Again. It's like so much of this movie is him trying to go, no, you don't understand. There are vampires and people <laughs> saying, ah, shut up, kid. Don't be frightened, Charlie. What's wrong? Don't you want me anymore? <gasps> that was crazy at the end when she turns and she's got that big she ass was, mouth. And, and I'll tell you, excellent. I love it. That was the poster. That's the that's the image that's on the right, poster. Yeah. Is that Above face. the house, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Because yeah. I was like, when is that thing coming? And I was like, oh, it's her. <laughs> she was great. <laughs> oh, that's your face. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, that's your fucking face. <laughs> no. Well, I thought that. I, I thought she was terrific at the very end. I was like, oh, finally, they've given her something to play other than, yeah. oh, gee, oh, <laughs> Charlie, what do you think? And she actually gets like a couple of moments where she's kind of sexy and funny. And then yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought that was great. I was like, oh, but all of a sudden it was a very short little window at the end of the movie where I was, I thought her performance came alive in a different way but it is it's you're right but again it's very much the phoebe cates zach gal that, that kind of thing like we're yeah. the, the sweet young horny leading teenagers who mm -hmm. you know are just gonna try and do the right thing and just like escape. zach galligan he doesn't tell any he sees the prostitute go into the house then he sees a news report she's been killed he tells nobody <laughs> including the cop how do you not say oh I know this man's a murderer, maybe not a vampire. I won't tell you that because you'll think I'm crazy. But he murdered the person that whose body you found because I saw her go into his house. He tells nobody that. It's like, hello, dumb. Yeah. He also doesn't know. He's uh, again, he watches, you know, he loves his vampire hunter, but he knows nothing about what to do to get rid of a vampire. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe he's dumber than Galligan, if that's he possible. Might, he might. He might be. Isn't there the uh, moment where Roddy McDonald's like, well, let's go to the police. If there's a he's like, no, they won't believe us. But you're an old man who hosts you're a TV actor. show. You're an actor. <laughs> and I'm a dimwit. <laughs> and only we can save everybody. We shouldn't even try. Saving the world. Come on, people. There, there are a lot of holes in the movie. Again, I, you know, I come to I it. still think it works. I, I, I had fun. I mean, you could tell that it's written with a lot of love and humor and obviously this, you know. I, I guess I like that it was a genre movie and it was a throwback. And again, at the time, there weren't movies like that. Great I thought the, the scariest part of the movie was the Jay Giles song at the end. Holy <laughs> God, I wrote that down here. <laughs> 
that was the first uh, it, it was that was i think their first um album without peter wolf as singer so the keyboard player took over the vocals i found it oh so hard to believe that it was done by a band i'd ever even heard of i was like <laughs> this is so this is i mean megaforce is way beyond this in terms of oh yeah yeah no that's 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 another level of of artistry no this <laughs> yeah, was, this was a very bad song <laughs> Uh, yeah, Fright Night. Good times. <laughs> I loved it. Good times, Noodle Salad. Let's go to the mailbag because okay. there is something in there. I'll just take a look at this. What is it today? Oh, uh, oh boy. <laughs> what do we got mm, now? Not a letter. Oh, geez. What is it? The wanted poster. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't keep up with the drama. I can't take it. It's hard to keep up with it. Oh, God. But when I tell you two pictures on here. Oh, geez. 26-year-old male <laughs> goes by name of Jacob, sometimes Joseph, sometimes <laughs> Jacob Joseph, sometimes the baby. <laughs> That's his criminal underworld name. The baby. Spotted with woman of indeterminate age. <laughs> In B-shaped car. <laughs> B -shaped Who sent you car? the wanted poster? Someone no, mailed I don't that know. Did, it, did it just waft in through the window? I think it did. I <laughs> think it like passed a homemade pie on the sill. <laughs> wanted. It was, it, it was underneath the pie. So they're like the Bonnie and Clyde of the buzzness. These oh, two. Yeah. <laughs> Last seen in Sarsaparilla <laughs> County. <laughs> they're nothing if not predictable. Wow. Wow. What, is, did he bust her out of prison? I mean, did he bust they, her out of prison? They, oh, God, I hope it wasn't my shiv. I hope they didn't use that. It's a love-hate <laughs> relationship that they have. Well, listen. Uh, uh, getting in trouble the two here. Of you, if, you're, if you're listening, I hope the warden isn't listening, but if the two of you are listening, as you're on the run, just know that the, the, the what's the name of our podcast? The opening weekend podcast listening audience is with you. And the... Free Sheila, Freela hashtag is lighting up all over the country and the world. And we're with you, you guys. So nobody sent this to you. This just appeared in the mailbag. It wasn't like folded up with like a. I opened the mailbag and whatever is in there is in there. Oh, it's like it's like it's like your Santa or it's like the sorting hat from Harry Potter. It's just magic occurs inside the depths. It's like Mary your, Poppins's bag or yes. Dora's sack or something like that does dora have a sack yes. i have no idea <laughs> oh god <laughs> if you open up my mail sack that's what we should call it from now on the mail sack if you open up my mail sack that's what was in there today and, and sometimes there's dozens of letters and sometimes there's just one wanted poster i don't know how they get in there but best of luck to the two of you we're with you in spirit <laughs> you crazy kids you crazy cuckoos <laughs> wow at least they're on the same page. It seemed like they were at odds. It really uh, seemed uh, that way. Literally on the and same page. Like, you know. <laughs> now they're on the same page. <laughs> the same poster. Piece of paper. Exactly. Yep. Well, yep. Yep. good luck to them. I hope they. Wow. Well, um, speaking of male sacks, Kelly LeBrock, you. huh? 
and what she did to my thirteen-year-old mail sack. Oh, oh God. that's right. It is. It's time now for our third film of the week: Weird Science. You know, it's not a bad idea. What? Making a girl. Actually, making a girl. This is Wyatt and Gary. I give her warm digits, mammary glands. Something's about to change their world. Something out of this world. She's alive! Alive! What would you little maniacs like to do first? It's all in the name of science. Weird science. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? When teen misfits Gary, played by Anthony Michael Hall, and Wyatt, played by Elon Mitchell Smith, watch a colorized version of Bride of Frankenstein on TV (laughs) and decide to design their ideal woman on a computer, a freak electrical accident brings their creation to life in the form of the lovely and seemingly supernatural Lisa, played by Kelly LeBrock. She outfits Gary and Wyatt in cool clothes, surprises them with a Porsche, physically engages them in a variety of uncomfortable Mary Kay Letourneau-esque ways and helps them stand up to jerks like a young Robert Downey Jr. and Wyatt's nightmarish older brother Chet, played by Bill Paxton. The movie, which, like The Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles before it, was both written and directed by John Hughes, made $4.9 million over its opening weekend before going on to gross $23.8 million domestically and another $15 million overseas. Fred and Dan, what did you think of Weird Science? Well, I'm going to start. I was looking at some of the reviews. I Again, this is another movie I saw when it came out. I uh, saw it in the theaters. And I was going back and just, I was curious what the critics said. And uh, your, your old pal Janet Maslin uh, wrote in the New York Times that Mr. Hughes shows that he can share the kind of dumb joke that only a 14-year-old boy could love. <laughs> and that's exactly when I saw this movie. I was 13. Uh, and this, I loved every minute of the movie when I saw it for the first time. Yes. Uh, it was exactly as we were saying earlier. I'm like, oh my God, we are those kids. <laughs> the hormones are raging. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it was ridiculous. Anthony Michael Hall was, we all loved him. We were, I mean, 16 Candles. He's so and, good. And it was incredible, incredible performance. And then Breakfast Club, and this was just him unleashed. We... Again, just another super quotable movie. Me and my friend just going right, well, my nuts halfway on my ass, but other than that, I'm perfect. <laughs> like we knew all the lines. Uh, we loved it. In rewatching it, I still really enjoyed it. But I was like, what the fuck is happening? John Hughes, holy shit. I mean, it During is. What part? What part? All of everything. It? <laughs> it's just insanity. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's got the, and it's crazy because you think like 16 Candles was pretty straightforward, like mm-hmm. almost like a perfect 80s coming of yeah, age. That was my sister's favorite. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty great, you know, and then he gets sort of deeper with Breakfast Club, goes a little deeper there. 
And then there's this. And then after this is Ferris Bueller's, which, which, mm-hmm. which might be. That's a I don't classic. Know, it's a, you might say it's, it's his, it's his best in many ways. It's oh, a little yeah. more streamlined. And you can see where he took all the elements of these other movies. Like this is very much those two characters. Um, Gary and Wyatt are very much Cameron and Ferris in many ways. Oh, good. But yeah. it was almost like he was like, I, all right, I just got to get all this shit out of my system. <laughs> I got to get all this out. And it's, it's batshit crazy, but I still really enjoyed it. I still thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's just, it's you, you forget ridiculous. how you, you, you forget how ridiculous and crazy it gets. You really yes. do. I forgot. I was like, oh, what happens next? I hadn't seen it in a while. It's like, what is the next thing? Oh my God. They try to make another girl. That's right. That's where the mm-hmm. movie loses me a little bit. It's just for those five or six minutes in there where they yeah. try to make the second girl. And I'm like, oh, this isn't working for some reason. But um, it soon picks right back up. And then the, <laughs> then the crazy Mad Max people come, which is, I think that might be my favorite. How that resolves might be oh, my favorite thing in the whole movie. But ridiculous. Speaking of which, do you guys know who that, the Mad Max guy is. First of all, he's from Mad Max. He played, he's Wes from the Road Warrior. Yeah, guy with Do you know who very, else he is? Um, no. Bennett. That's Bennett from Commando. Oh. The guy with the half thing on his face or the main guy? No, the main the guy, main with, guy the with, the, with the Mohawk. He is from the Road, he was in the Road Warrior. He's his Bennett name is, from um, Commando? Yeah, Vernon Wells is his name. He was in the Road Warrior. He plays oh, Wes. That's not the guy with the bug eyes. That's not what you're talking no, about. No, no, no. That's <laughs> the dude who was in like every 80s horror movie that from the Hills yeah, Have Eyes. He's fantastic. Yeah. You have a lovely He's house. very funny when he has that, he has that line about <laughs> no. uh, my, his, his, my his, he's job. a teacher, right? My teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, the main guy is you're Bennett You're telling me that's Commando. let off some steam, Bennett. That's the that's same it. guy? <laughs> For those who are who are listening, uh, we uh, we have always sort of greeted each other or constantly, hello, Bennett. Hello, Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. He's Bennett. I think we're going to do Commando this fall. Actually. That's him. Yeah, that's, that's him. a knife in me. And you look me in the eye when you turn it. Oh my God. That is, I that's never put funny. that together. And I love Commando. And I love yeah. this movie that is the same human being. Holy fuck. But wow. again, it was sort of like John Hughes was like, yeah, what the fuck? I love the road warrior. Let's get that shit in here. Like, let's just throw, he just threw everything in there. Um, Yes. None of it makes sense. A nuclear missile. Oh, it doesn't need to in a movie like this, you know, but this is such a departure in a way for John Hughes, you know what I mean? Because of Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink. Um, Another movie I love is Some Kind of Wonderful. He didn't direct that one, but, and then you get this one. This is way far afield. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. I feel like he was like, let me just get this out. Let me just throw all this shit to the wall. And, you know, he started out writing Mr. Mom and National Lampoon's Vacation. I mean, he's, I mean, he was just a, he was a machine. I mean, he was no stranger to chaos. Baby's day out. Come on, people. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> the highs are also, high and the lows are sickeningly I also feel like low. he found, uh, <laughs> it was like Anthony Michael Hall was also sort of his muse. Like he Absolutely. was like his, the De Niro to Scorsese, yep. you know? Um, <laughs> and I think he sort of let Anthony Michael Hall, he's like, just go baby. Like that, the club scene, when, when Lisa takes him to the club. It's very weird watching it now, I have to say. Let me tell you my story, man. Last year, I was insane for this crazy little eighth grade bitch. Okay? Crazy insane? Insane? 
Crazy? I was nuts for the woman, man. Now you gotta believe me. I'm saying, I'm telling the truth here. I'm speaking to you. I mean, I was nuts for the girl. It's very odd. Watching oh it yes, now. on so many different levels. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Shall I shall but, I read you my notes? Can I read yeah. you my notes? Here we go. I'm just gonna read you just a stream of consciousness when I type. Watch this. Here's just a section of them for your for your pleasure. Oh God. John Hughes, boo. Simplest, dumbest conceit ever. This is so sexist, it hurts. What? This all happens in the first five stupid fucking minutes? Well, you can't say they don't get to the point. What is happening? Anthony Michael Hall should be canceled for this scene in the bar. He thinks he's Eddie Murphy. Guess what? He's not. I hate him. This is 20 minutes into the movie. Crass, offensive, racist. This wins the prize for a movie that hasn't aged well. Is Anthony Michael Hall going to do his black person impression all through this fucking movie? Bill Paxton is that kid's brother? He's 20 years older than him. This is the worst of the 1980s. How old is this kid she's kissing? I'm watching this in the middle of the day, but I keep falling asleep. The movie is deathly dumb and strong. Storyless. Wyatt is a terrible actor. He has the worst no. speaking voice ever. No. Anthony Michael Hall is a dick. What is no. happening? These guys are all disgusting. She's a slave, a toy. This is mind-bendingly offensive to women. There's some bullshit life lessons delivered half-heartedly. This movie is on drugs. It's the worst of the worst. Anthony Michael Hall is army. Wyatt is indescribably annoying. We won't see his like again until Jake Lloyd. I want to throw this movie out a window. One Sheila. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see you next week first? on opening weekend. Thank you. It's Good my, night. It's my first time watching it all the way through. No, I saw bit I saw I saw I saw bits and pieces of it again and again on cable at friends' houses, but I sure. never watched the whole thing beginning to end as a kid. Sure. Let so me say I have this. not seen it in full. I never appreciated it. It has no nostalgia. I mean, I remember Bill Paxton as the brother turning into the pile of shit at the end. I remember them <laughs> making her. I remember the outfit she was wearing and the Barbie doll yeah. that they I remember sure. all the little bits and pieces, but you know, I you thought have no connection that they to strung movie. together mm-hmm. to yeah. make a movie, but I was wrong about that, is what I learned. <laughs> well, let me yeah, say no, this. I have, no, I have no nostalgia factor for it. I'm you, are cor- it today. you are correct in everything you said. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. But that being it. said, but again, it's more of a nostalgia thing. And it was. It's perfect for like a 14 year old boy. Yes, when boy. I was that, in when I saw it at that, in that age, even then, there was an inkling of like, so wait, they're just creating this girl to have sex. Although, although, and I, and I've caught it this time. Although when but, I tried that, <laughs> it didn't work. It was great, but, but my Lisa looked like Anne Ramsey, which was weird. <laughs> and she kept saying, Freddie loved his mama. Owen loved his mama. Owen loved his mama. No, but I will say this. They never say, let's make this girl so we can have sex with her. They say, and there is a line where he says, let's build a girl so she can teach us and she can show us right. what to do That's with other girls. Yes. And it's the whole idea. And what I think resonated with me back then and talking about what I was just saying about, you know, my first quote unquote girlfriend is you had these kids who had no idea what to do with women. And that's they the innocence n- of this movie. That's where yes. that sort of the, the innocence factor comes in. That actually is the thing that for me 
makes the movie charming. If it was yes. just sleazy, if it was the sleaze brothers making a woman, <laughs> then I, mm-hmm. then it would be right. You know, then 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 we would. I would have a very different feeling about this movie. And they don't do it. And she's really there. And look, I'm not like I said. Everything you said, Jason, is right. <laughs> but you know, she isn't. She she keeps saying, "Look, I'll, I'll do anything you want. I'll do anything you want." And he wants her why it's like, well, why don't you do uh, some gymnastics? And then he falls asleep and she's there. She ends up becoming this conduit of just trying to build their confidence. Yes. And then sending them off on their way. Like that's her thing. I mean, I think it could have been done a lot better, but I think that's what they're getting at is to create this woman who's, I'm going to show you, you, you guys can be your own people and have your own confidence. I mean, the whole idea, and I'm going to do that by having road warriors Mutant bikers <laughs> coming to your party, I mean, yeah. and suddenly you know how to handle guns. Like that was ridiculous, and and even as a, even as a fourteen year old, I was like, really? He just grabbed that shotgun? Yeah. Like he never showed that much confidence before. They do and nothing. He, they solve no problems on their own. She manifests no. things. It's like it's a stupid movie. It's no, like, it's stupid. <laughs> but there was something. But even like the beginning, there was something about their relationship. Also, Gary and Wyatt that was moving to me even in the beginning, like when they're sleeping over, there was yes. something just recognizable about Absolutely. that. Of them hanging out, you know, watching TV or whatever, the computer's there. He's, you know, you're you're slowly becoming, um, you know, a man's, you know, he's practicing shaving and everything. And even though it's like ridiculous, there was something very recognizable. I'm like, oh, that's right. I would do that with my friends. We These would are all the things all the that you would have done at that time. Absolutely. Exactly. And you'd yeah. be on the Commodore 64. You know what I mean? Totally. You'd be, you'd do crazy weird shit with each other. And, and you just, you know, you, 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 you have to, I, I think, you know, it's very, very easy to see anything, any piece of art from the past <laughs> through the 2020 lens. I think it's harder to go, okay, I'm a 14 year old kid. I'm in 1985. I'm seeing this movie. There is nothing else that is kind of like this movie. And how would I have reacted to it? I didn't see it at this age because my parents wouldn't let me. So I saw it later when it was on cable at a friend's house. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, you know, it is, it is of its time. It yeah. is of its time. And that's, um, you know, for, for good or ill. <laughs> and there is a lot of oh, ill yeah. as we, as we've said in this movie. Every damn night. So, I mean, I did, I, yeah, I did, I, I, I did see lots of sections of this movie when I was a kid. I, ne- and I, it never made me laugh. It never, enga- and I, when I was the age of these guys, it just didn't, it didn't do it for me the way a lot of like sex comedies didn't do it for me at that, you know, at that time they weren't like, I didn't, ass- I never like was like, Oh gosh, I want to see Porky's or I want to see, I didn't really care. I mean, you know, you'd see it. And, and, I mean, I never I thought it was like, it was Porky's and <laughs> yeah, but Porky's I never- <laughs> to the next day to see what happened yeah, the next but day. It's not, yeah. But it's not, you know, again, it, it just, the those next things day apparently never- they battled, they battled racism the next day. <laughs> That was what Porky's they, Two is about. They did they did they come it. over to this movie? Because I didn't see them walk in <laughs> and stop. They're They're in the a background. third of what Anthony Michael Hall says is done in his ebonics dialect. They're in the background. <laughs> it was. Uh, he's it, drunk it, it, on his own power in this movie. You can tell well, he thinks what, he's hot shit, and I did not I mean. care for it. That's what I, I mean. Like, I think John Hughes is like were, he cut him loose. He let him loose. Yeah, he, he's an asshole. Look at his haircut. Anybody with a haircut like that, you know, he's an asshole. This what did you think you know, of Kelly of, uh, LeBrock? What did you think of her? I liked her. I she thought did she job. did a very good yeah. job. She did yeah. a very good job. A very, you know, like, 
I, I thought so she, I was like, gosh, she's better than I ever would have uh, imagined. She was very charming and, and likable. And, and, the, and uh, the thing is, she, yeah. she never once, you know, plays the quality of sexiness. You know what I mean? She just is that. And she's always mm-hmm. doing stuff for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, as Fred said before, to help them become young men. Yeah. And, that, I and, dream and, of and that is a it's great that kind, of thing. kind of. Yeah. But, yes. it, but it's not yeah, as yeah. It, it's it, there's more depth to it than that. I think, you know, like <laughs> she's like I, I teared up at the end when she's like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little, you know, I'm I'm hurt, but. I know that this is what needs to happen, you know, and she's got tears in her eyes and Wyatt's crying and they're all crying. And I'm like, you're an easy cry. I'm a really easy cry. Are you kidding? I'm a super easy cry at 47 or whatever the fuck I am. 47. I I cry if you had a cat commercial, cat food commercial that got to me because her performance earned that moment. Right. She earned that moment. I think sort of, you you didn't buy it at the end. I was the ending. Even, even back then, the ending always sort of left me a little cold. It was weird. Like suddenly they were in love with these girls and the girls were in love with them. That is such no, steaming that horse work. shit. It doesn't that work. doesn't yeah, work yeah. at all. Can I kiss Kelly, you? Can I please yeah. kiss you? And the Kelly oh, LeBron. she's so sexy. It, I'd make another girl on the computer and I'd make her like you. These guys <laughs> suck. Those girls deserve better, both as actresses and as human beings in the world. That's not the part I'm talking about. No, that, I, know, I know what you're talking about. That part doesn't work. I, I know the right. part you're talking about where they passed the onion back and forth between the three of them and they all yes. like stared and did the, their, their tight shots. The onion. And they, and they had tears they in their eyes. The onion back and forth. <laughs> I am telling you, without, I love you. without the strength kidding. of Kelly LeBrock's performance, which which is which could have been just, you know, I dream of Jeannie, sexy, vapid mm-hmm. girl, and wasn't, I feel like that last moment is earned. You're not hurt. Yeah, sure, I'm hurt. But I wouldn't change it. I'm really just getting off seeing you two guys straightened out. You have to wonder, like, what what John Hughes went through growing up, because it was really sort of the ultimate (laughs) geek revenge fantasy. Yes, absolutely. Um, And God, there was really something about... You know what he went through? Being very rich his whole childhood, because every (laughs) every kid, every lead in his movie is like, unbelievably privileged every yeah every, uh, ferris bueller the most privileged person you've ever met these kids rich not as fuck in pretty and pink and some kind of wonderful but in the others yes true pretty and pink and some they kind of wonderful they're from the from the poorer side they're the from tracks. the other side yeah. of the and tracks. then the people they, who they turned out to be the um you know like oh that guy's not as, as bad as you thought is the super rich guy who's like i'm not, i'm not just hot i'm also rich <laughs> and kind of great in the end when you get to know me a little. In Baby's Day. My name's John Hughes. About? I'm here. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have much money in that movie. Oh, wait, they're the richest people in all of Chicago. Oh, yeah, Home Alone. I was like, is anybody in this house? Like, it just, it's, it's a mansion. We don't know where yeah. our parents are. <laughs> we, though, our Come mansion on in is so big that we lost our child in it. We lost our child in it. <laughs> you know who else was in in a couple of uh, another he was in a few John Hughes movies I recognize the guy again from yes. my favorite scene the club scene which you guys hated um, is the uh, the Dino yeah, we're gonna, she likes Malacca's Dino 
That guy yeah, was who is was that guy? Uh, is he the janitor? He's Carl the janitor, and he was he was the fiance in Sixteen Candles. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's wow. the greasy bohunk. Yes, oily yeah. bohunk. Yeah, she yeah, gets married to oily bohunk. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yes, that's right. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he travels I like him. There, and I uh, feel like I recognized some of the other people in the movie, but I couldn't put my finger. There was on one. It. There was that one guy. He ended up playing. He was in a movie, uh, Steel Man. Steel person, okay. Iron Man, Iron Man. You're thinking of Robert. No, you Robert asshole. Robert, <laughs> and and did you see he was listed as Robert Downey. He wasn't yeah. Robert Downey. Yeah, there's no then. junior. He was no, no. There was no junior. Um, you know, who was and in, his father uh, was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> take your you put, lumps, kid. You You're a junior." <laughs> Isn't it your funny lumps. though? Like, I, I mean, I remember Robert Downey from those movies from that and Back to School and. Uh, um, there was another movie, Tough Turf, I think. Girls just want to have fun. Like mm-hmm. he he was doing a lot of he was oh sort of a ubiquitous character actor back then. You know, he was always this Robert weird. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. yeah. I loved him in Back to School. I loved Yeah, his but he was always playing that, this yeah. weird, there was always something very unique about him. Yeah. You know, but it was it was funny when when he did do, I think his first big thing was less than zero. That was sort of his breakout. And you're like, oh, that's the guy. That's the guy from or he did the pickup, the pickup artist, artist maybe was before, before that. that. Yeah. yeah. But it was just funny seeing his his you know his rise and being like oh that's the weird dude from all those yeah, yeah. those high school movies I, I, I'm just not the the hero type clearly with this uh, laundry list of character defects all the mistakes I made largely public I thought the parent both sets of parents were great and that's another Hughes staple is that the parents, parents are basically and the grandparents the parents and the grandparents but but yeah. also Wyatt's parents at the end. Oh my god! I um, forgot his parents. Yeah, they should. Gary's show up at parents. The end. Gary's that parents are terrific. Was, yeah, they're fun. But that whole scene—that was again. You could tell that was John Hughes. That's his thing of like parents don't listen. They don't understand. Yes, that's his thing in all but the so movies. I'm, most so of I'm them. Gonna, yeah. But then, but then I was like, okay, they don't understand. They listen. So we're gonna pull a gun to their face. Yeah. No, it's a great it's movie, like, and it has great fuck? messages. <laughs> and it always takes the road less traveled, the subtler <laughs> road usually. Of course, a nuclear weapon pops through the floor. It's. What about Bill Paxton, though? Come on. The nuclear weapon is, is a phallic symbol. I didn't like him symbol. either at I the beginning. I don't know if you picked up on I that. I wound up like, what'd you say? About the I said the nuclear weapon? weapon was a phallic symbol. I don't know if you picked <laughs> up on that subtlety <laughs> that a giant um, penis comes through the house. Uh, I lo- uh, yeah, uh, Bill Paxton, I, and I didn't really oh, care the for late him that much either. Bill oh, Paxton. I liked him as, as, he, as he went. As he went it's on so at first, I didn't, he was, oh, he was the ultimate douchebag back then. We just, oh we couldn't yeah. get enough of him. You stood, butt wide. For me? Know what time it is? Um, two? Time to pay the fiddler. You stood, butt wide. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. In retrospect, looking back at it. It's just so. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those quotable movies. Uh, it was. It was one it of those was. ones that that you know when we were sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, we would say all the lines from and all of it's that. It's so funny. I can't think of any funny lines. Like, and I know I, I'm not. It I was didn't, things I like didn't, you stewed butt wad and and my. I don't know if they are funny lines. No, they're yeah. not. Yeah, they're just quotable. Yeah. yeah. Just funny. again, at, it was it was just being the right age at that time. Yeah. yeah. And just being like, yep, we're those guys. Yeah. No, I knew watching. I was like, this is gonna be an interesting week because. These are things I know you had seen a lot, Fred. And I, no, well, I mean I, you've, I, you've said you love I these movies. I specifically requested these movies well, for this week. We were supposed to do something else. That's and I was like, true. We're not Friday night away. That's right. Friends. We were supposed so to. So you, you can blame week. all of this on me. No, but it's I'm okay. You, but I was Fred, like, I, I was like, oh, movie. these are like considered like you know. I remember that they were kind of considered not classics, but like you know, certainly 
very popular movies at the time. And I was like, all right, let's, let's see. And I'm like, well, sometimes you can't go home again. You know, it's, it's very different <laughs> to very have the, the perspective of a, of a, you know, a, you're just going to see it through the lens you see it at and you're going to, and yeah. it's funny. That's what's that's funny right. about doing this podcast is like, I remember a few weeks ago being like, are these guys going to sit here and tell me how stupid they think Gremlins is? And here I am at like, you know, 49 years old being like, I still love Gremlins. You know, I was like, I think it ages well. Are they going to tear it to shreds? Because you don't know like stuff that you love when you're younger and the affinity carries through into your adulthood. And there's no, you know what I mean? There's no apologizing for it, but it is like you worry, like if, if somebody else didn't have the same affinity are they going to share, you know, my appreciation in the same way? So, yeah, yeah like I don't, I had no connection to those, to these movies. And so that's like I when just we talk about Caddyshack and Taylor was sitting there watching it and she was like, all right, I'm done. You know, because <laughs> yeah. there's no nostalgia factor. There's no, no affinity for it. There's no memory of it. So, you know, there, 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 that connection to it in, in her heart is not in her heart, whereas it's in mine. And I'm going, look, at yeah. it, this is hilarious. She's And she's going, I'm sorry, I don't. I know that you love this movie. I don't get what's funny about it. Mm, mm-hmm. And but I think that's that's a completely valid and important part yep. of. I mean, look, I, you're going to come down on me, but to call weird science art, but but that's an important part of that. It's yeah. as so much is is the experience, and it's the same thing with music. You know, you oh, hear a sure. piece of music or an album, you remember exactly where you were yes. when you heard that, and it will bring you back. And you know, you can call it guilty pleasure, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's not like I, I don't feel guilty about my love for weird science. I know it's a shitty movie. I know it's probably the worst <laughs> next to baby's day out. It's probably the worst John Hughes movie. I know the all Dutch is up there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Dutch. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> Curly Sue. Come on, oh, Curly Sue. Jeez. Yeah. All right. There's a few of them, but <laughs> well, you can't, you can't prolific. make as many movies. I mean, he just, That's he true. churned them out. Yes, he like sure he was did. In, making license plates with <laughs> Sheila <laughs> in prison. I mean, it's just every 12 seconds he has a movie out. So, you know, they can't all he's, be. He's got a lot. But it's but there's something there is something ab- about that 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 is valid and for you sure. know, you're going to love what you love and and a lot of it is because of nostalgia and because of where you were at that time. And again, I know it's not a great movie. I know Fright Night's not a great movie, but where we were at that time and when we saw them because we saw them then. Mm-hmm. I think that's just as valid. I mean, yeah. yeah, if it's just, if we're talking about just, you know, them as movies and we're just going to go in and this is a movie critique show and we're going to talk about what makes this a good movie, A, B, C, D, that's something else. But yeah. again, I'll, I'll listen. It's the same thing. Like I said, listening to a song or an album, you know, and I mean, I unabashedly love Toto's Africa and I always have. And that was a song that now has become very popular. It's come back in fashion. But there was a time when people were like, what? You like that song? I'm like, fuck yeah, I love the song. And I do. I do think it's a great song, but also because it brings me back to a time when I first heard it, mm-hmm. when it first came out and listening, putting on the 45 and just being blown away by it. I don't know. I, you know, it's, it's. I it's, feel the same way about Ray Stevens' The Streak which is about people exposing themselves. No, I don't. I've always hated that song. I've never thought it was funny. And if anyone tries to say that I did ever love it, I would deny it. I feel that way about the honeymooners rap with Joe Piscopo and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> hey, Norton. Norton. Hey, Norton. Well, thanks for coming hey, down. No- What's the matter, Ralph? Alice mom in town? <laughs> exactly, pal. And she's the worst by far. But she ain't as bad as mine. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Is Piscopo no, no, doing no, no, both no, 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 no,
Oh it's off of uh, Joe Piscopo's New Jersey <laughs> tape, which I was oh, listening to. It was a big hit. At yesterday. this time, I think. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Joe yeah. Piscopo taught us how to laugh again. Wow. <laughs> oh, At this time I was listening to uh, Billy Crystal's Marvelous. Do you remember that album? Oh yeah. He's yeah, got his yeah. You Look Marvelous song and all his little, his little comedy bits on there. Oh God. You look marvelous. Absolutely marvelous. That was a big Love thing though. Song. There was a rap for everything. There was rap. It was the Duke. John Wayne. Yeah. Da ha da ha da ha. The people I wanted dead this week in in the in this anyway. In order. order. I wanted, wanted the uh what a evil Ed or whatever from Fright Night. Yes. He, he deserved it. then Wyatt. We'll go hop over to Wyatt. Are you then putting Evil can, Ed first? I'm putting him first. That kid I really wanted to go oh, away okay. immediately. I got, I got you. Then Wyatt. Wyatt's a sweet kid. Maybe I'm just and Big Bird. jealous he got to kiss <laughs> Kelly LeBron. Yeah, then no, then uh, yeah, then uh, yeah, no, Sally Kellerman, that bird who was chasing, I want her to die. I wanted her to have an accident in that car. Uh, then we'll cycle back to um, Grover. To uh, no, oh, that's my Grover. list. That's top that's of my list. list. Uh, there is one phone call. Oh my god, and only oh, one phone call. Really, this wow. week. All right, I'll just go ahead and uh, yeah, let the person on the line. Is that all right? Yeah, go ahead. that's yeah, how it's done. Right. Is that how we do it? That's how you pick how it up. How do I do it with a lounge landline? Do I have to say Klondike 5 or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Operator. Go ahead. You're on the air. You are on with the opening weekend podcast. Please go ahead. I told you, boys. I tried to tell you. You didn't listen. Is this the warden? Warden. Is it the warden? It is the warden. Oh, God. What happened? They escaped. Did they do you bodily harm? Oh, oh, what? You get out of here. Don't you come near me. You get out of here. No, no, no. Stay away from me. Line went dead. Wow. Oh, boy. The plot plot truly thickens. But if they're on the road to wherever. Morocco? Who (laughs) is? If they're Bing and Hope, Hope and Bing and Crosby <laughs> on the way to Morocco or wherever they're going, or Susquehanna, or Sarsaparilla, <laughs> who know. just murdered the warden? <laughs> who was <laughs> the opening weekend podcast episode 11? <laughs> I mean, I think that's what happened. To? Oh, I, God, I hope he's okay. Warden, oh. we're with you. Hashtag save the warden. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. No. Very was clearly. The, let me ask you, was the warden on your list of people you want dead, Jason? Because <laughs> this can become very incriminating. This is all no, caught no, no. on tape. This is all because I, of you, Fred, sending that nail file in the stab card of pancakes. God, I was just trying to help oh, them. Look what you caused. Hey. Look what you did. Look what you wrought. We should, what, look what doing a podcast has wrought. I had to sit through weird science. You guys have to <laughs> now the listeners have to the sit death through of a, a beloved warden a, that nobody knows. <laughs> the name of <laughs> his name is Eustace something oh Eustace that's right Eustace yeah Eustace uh, Eustace be a warden Eustace, <laughs> Eustace, be, a, Eustace be a living person <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Eustace be a living human being oh. Eustace we hope you're okay 
He can't and, hear you. He's uh, dead. The book is, <laughs> he's long gone. And our friends on the road to wherever, we hope you're okay too. We just hope everyone's okay. We hope everyone's okay. Yeah, the murderers okay and enough. the murdered alike. Just as long right. as you subscribe and listen yes. to Opening Weekend That's Podcast. Right. That's Opening right. OpeningWeekendPodcast.com. Yeah. Spotify, and iTunes. iTunes, give us five stars. Give us five more stars than I would give Weird Science. <laughs> Wait, how many? Okay, so how many? How many Sheilers do we? Do we? Uh, Janet Maslin's review. Yes, how many <laughs> Sheilers do we give? Weird. I, tell you, I, give, I give. I said it right in my my diatribe. One one Sheila for me. One Why Sheila. one and not zero? That's where I. That's where. That's where I want to know. Kelly LeBrock is good. Oh, okay, good. Okay, fabulous. She gets. She's deserving of one. Nobody. Sheeler. Nobody's thumb got in front of the camera. I mean, it was a, technically. <laughs> it was like no booms were in the shot. <laughs> there were no good. booms in the shot. Exactly. <laughs> that would have been an improvement. I, if give, I give it one. One. How about you guys? Fredo? I, God, I mean, I'd probably, as a movie, I'd probably give it nostalgia factor, a lot of Sheila's, but as a movie, <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe four or five Sheila's. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It's a five. Yeah. five, point yeah. five. I'll give it five and a half. I'll give it five and a half Sheila's. Mm. And right. I'll give it, uh, I'll give it, I'll give it five Sheila's plus one, one baby's day out construction site ball, something happening to someone's balls. So that's a negative. That's taking yeah, away. Taking away right? point. What, what do oh, you give, what do you give uh Fright Night? Ooh, I give that like seven. I think I give it six. I'd say six. Yeah. Okay. Again, I it, it's hard nostalgia, it's gonna bring it up. It's gonna it's gonna add a few Barry Bostwick motorcycle <laughs> loops, but uh but yeah. Uh, in the six or seven range. I give it seven plus one headband. <laughs> <laughs> and follow that bird? Do we give that in? Oh, what do we that's, give it? I mean, that's that adorable. That was sweet. What's not to like except for the horrible, horrible music? <laughs> and Grover's for, performance, which is. <laughs> why do you hate Grover's? How could you first not like Grover? For a small child, I give it, I I give it seven. It's got seven <laughs> Sheila's for a, for a small child, you know, I, or seven yeah. and a half. So, a same as Friday Night, basically? No. Oh, you gave six to Friday Night. Yeah, I gave six to Friday Night. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, right? do, I'll go yeah. seven for Follow That Bird. And I'll give seven yeah. and a half for five. That was my favorite of the week. That was my favorite. Good then for you. Fright Night. I'm glad. Then, then, um, uh, obviously weird science. Weird science. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Fred? What do you give Follow That Boyd? I'd give it a, I'd give it a six for the kiddos. For the, Maybe higher for the kids. You know, it's, it's, it's hard for a, for a little kid. A little, it's probably little like, kid, like an little, eight or a nine. Yeah. It's probably think of the day. children, Fred. Think of the children for once. For I mean, God it's sake. telling. It didn't spawn like some franchise. You know, it didn't. They were they, they, not like the Muppet movies. I, I think like fifteen years later, there was the Elmo movie, Elmo in Grouchland or something right. as a movie. And then they're making one. Actually, I was looking. It's they said it's the first of three, and the third one, uh, third Sesame Street movie, has not come out yet. It's scheduled for release. Wow. January of 2022. It's just called Sesame Street, and it's uh, being done cool. as a 50th anniversary huh. movie. Anne Hathaway is the one star listed for that on oh, IMDb wow. at is? this point. Anne Hathaway. I'm sure it'll have like you know a cast of a bunch of people, but right now Anne Hathaway is the only person casting it. So there's a few. There's a Sesame Street movie in our futures. <laughs> You're damn right. We'll go see that one together after this is all. After this mess Yay. is all over. Yay, yay. Yeah, it's nice to see a, a any release date for a movie, even, even theoretical. Okay. Right. Every time I check these various movie websites, it's like, mm, Christopher Nolan wants Tenet to come out, but guess what? Not safe. You know, he keeps like trying to hold hard and fast to like, 
It's definitely coming out this year. Definitely coming out. It's like, dude. What about the uh, Scarlett Johansson thing not coming out? They all Black will eventually. Right, but they're trying to hold on. You know, they don't want to put Black Widow or Wonder Woman or Black any Widow, of these big movies on demand because that means sacrificing literally like maybe upwards of a billion dollars in right. what you could get at the movie theater if they just hold on to it. And I don't see why they wouldn't because if production's shut down as well, it's not like... There's this backlog, like stuff is on hold for release and on hold in terms of production. So it's just like whatever you thought was coming out this year, hopefully next year, whatever was supposed to come out next year, save it till the year after. I don't think it's a big deal to wait. There's certainly enough crap out there to watch. So, you know what I mean? We're proving that. <laughs> we week prove after it. week. Week <laughs> after week. <laughs> week after week. <laughs> oh, oh, Opening sweet weekend friends. podcast. There's certainly enough crap out there to watch. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> You know, so, so yeah, so I, I know I was very harsh towards weird science and I know you guys love it. So believe me, I don't I don't disrespect your views. I'm just that's uh, all right. We I'm know. just I'm just it's I'm just meeting it at the place I'm at right now. We got don't you. We got feel you. as bad about your feelings about it as we do about your feelings about it. No, I'm just kidding. I could we, never we, feel we, we, bad. it's it's akin to, you know, my feelings about your feelings about baby's day out. So sometimes <laughs> Sometimes the people we love disappoint us. <laughs> it's just Sometimes those people are our good friends. Sometimes they're John Hughes. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, Dan. What do you? Oh, wait. Oh, I have to say what we're doing next week. Are we, yeah, what are we doing it? next week? Uh, next, <laughs> you guys, somebody should know. Uh, <laughs> next week, we're actually uh, traveling back to the late nineties, August sixth, nineteen ninety nine, oh. and uh, a trio of films. I've seen two of these, but not all three. Uh, Mystery Men, starring Ben Stiller, uh, and a, a great ensemble cast. I think Janine Garofalo is in that. Paul Rubens, I think. I think mm. Hank Azaria, maybe. I, mm. I actually, I'm just going off the top of my head. Is William H. Macy it's a, in it? I feel like he's I think in it. so. Yes, uh, yes. I think you're a, right. Yeah, it's a superhero movie parody right in the in that kind of that era right before superhero movies became a big thing again. It was the year before the first X-Men came out and it was after <sighs> the Joel Schumacher Batmans. So superhero stuff was kind of um, ripe for parody. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sixth Sense starring Bruce Willis, pretty major, major hit. Um, and the Thomas Crown Affair starring uh, Pierce Brosnan and I believe it's Rene Russo. Right? Rene Russo. Yeah. So that's next week. On opening weekend, Dan, what you got for us? I think in honor of when Sesame Street music was good, we'll do (laughs) the theme from Sesame Street as as Chevy Chase. Chase. I laughed out loud at that. That was a very funny joke. (laughs) I love that. But uh, we all know this theme. Yeah, <laughs> our heads. I wish this was a video. Pop. You know, our heads, Fred and I, our heads are bouncing back and forth like little Muppets. And the <laughs> that was the sweetest hand fart song. <laughs> Thank you. Ever performed on a podcast? I imagine Snuffleupagus performing it in that way <laughs> <laughs> before he disappears up to his imaginary Westchester <laughs> compound. compound. <laughs> <laughs> well that was lovely dan thank uh you. thank you thanks everybody for listening uh join us next week for more opening weekend bye 
The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Thank you.